Hello everyone, Alan Mishra here from Vitality Explorer News with another episode of the Vitality Explorer News podcast. Thank you for listening. Our goal here, as always, is to enhance global vitality one person at a time. So we always start with a quote on the podcast, and here it is for today. This one comes from Alfred Adler. He is a psychologist that emphasized the importance of belonging as a key to mental health. And here's his quote, quote, follow your heart, but take your brain with you. Follow your heart, but take your brain with you. We also focus on this podcast to try to take the friction out of staying vital. We're kind of going through an arc in 2023 of a variety of different vitality topics. Last week, we focused on the five factors for living longer and prospering, how to cultivate closeness, and why dogs enhance vitality. So check out last week's episode for that. This week, we are going to cover uh, something that is near and dear to my heart, and that is healthy knees at any age. We're going to also talk about how to keep our brains brilliant. And we're going to finish with a question, and hopefully a little bit of an answer. And the question is, what is your sliced bread? So healthy knees at any age is something that I have been working diligently to to help optimize for more than 20 years as an orthopedic surgeon and sports medicine specialist. Um, But I think our knees are very important to our overall vitality. And really, if we can't walk well, or if we have pain when we're walking or engaging in sports or other activities that we like to do, our vitality goes down. We sometimes get down or even depressed. And none of us likes to have swelling or clicking or catching or popping in our knees. I encourage you to check out the Vitality Explorer Substack site for the details of this and other posts. You can also sign up at vitalityexplorers.com for a text message uh, version of all of our news. So on the Vitality Explorer Substack site, there's a little cartoon that I found. And it's a balloon dog with, uh, who's on an exam table in a doctor's office. And it says, I heard a pop on, in my knee. And, and, and then one of, the, one of the balloon dog's legs has popped. So anyway, a little bit. I found it funny. I'm not sure if anybody else will. But again, I'm trying to share what I've learned over 20 plus years as an orthopedic surgeon and sports medicine specialist. But this is not medical advice. This is for information purposes only. And always check with your personal physician before beginning any exercise routine or making a diagnosis. What we try to do on Vitality Explorers and Vitality Explorer News is to do a little bit of learning. And in order to optimize your understanding of your knees, we have to take a short dive, not a deep dive, but a short dive into some knee anatomy. Okay, and here we go. So I think you can think you can think of your knee like an electromechanical hinge. So it has a lot of moving parts and it functions via neural input from your brain. And all of the components of your knee matter. So let's go over them. And I'm just going to give you some sort of generic um, lay definitions. So you could you could you could really go really really deep into this because this is you know, this is more for a lay audience, not for a, a medical audience. But here are some of the primary components of your knee: cartilage. And cartilage is a smooth, hard, and very very durable. Uh, substance that uh, covers the end of the bone. That's sort of the what's called the articular cartilage. And there's also the meniscus cartilage in the knee. A lot of people know what a meniscus is, but that's a, just a form of cartilage, a cushioning cartilage that exists between the two bones of the knee. That's the other one of the other components of your knee, and that's hard bone, hard biologic material that forms our skeleton. And the knee has you know, four primary bones around it. That's the femur, the tibia, the patella, 
and the fibula, or the thigh bone, the shin bone, the kneecap, and the small bone on the outside part of your knee, okay? Other components of your knee include ligaments, and these are strong connections between bones that help stabilize your knee. You might have heard of the ACL or the PCL or the MCL. Those are all ligaments, anterior cruciate ligament, posterior cruciate ligament, medial collateral ligament. There's other ligaments in your knee, of course. Tendons, a tendon is a functional connection between a muscle and a bone. So the, the knee has two primary important tendons. That's the quadriceps tendon and the patellar tendon. Now, the, the last two are what people sometimes forget as components of your knee, and that is your muscle, okay? So the muscles around your knee help contract to move the joint, and they also provide dynamic support. And then the nerves around your knee, and this is nerves are tissue that conduct electricity between our brain, spinal cord, and body to stimulate or regulate function. Now, all of the components work together to execute on our ability to move, okay? So I think we should now, now that you know a little bit of knee anatomy, and you can, again, look on the Vitality Explorer new Substack site for images and the details of that knee anatomy. Let's move on to common knee injuries and disorders. I think we'll start with the one that's most commonly discussed, um, and that is knee osteoarthritis. So the dictionary definition, one definition, I should say, of knee osteoarthritis is loss of joint space. So on the Substack site, you can see an image of a normal knee joint, which has space between the femur bone or the thigh bone and the tibia bone that's symmetric, should be symmetric, and then a loss of joint space, and sometimes all the way to there's no joint space where the two bones are touching each other. This is known as bone on bone. Okay, that's number one. Number two is a meniscus tear. All right, now meniscus tears come in a lot of different versions. And again, you can see a picture of a normal and a torn meniscus um, on the Substack site. And these these injuries can result in swelling, clicking, catching, popping around your knee. Uh, they can also be just part of aging. So we can get degenerative meniscus tears. And we used to be much more aggressive about treating all meniscus tears. Now we focus on treating the ones that produce mechanical symptoms. And again, the mechanical symptoms we talk about are feeling like a catching or locking in your knee or an inability to straighten out your knee. They are associated with some of the other common things that can occur around your knee, and that's ACL tears, anterior cruciate ligament tears. That's very common in things like soccer, skiing, football. Um, you, know, you can also tear something called your medial collateral ligament, and that's the ligament on the inside part of your knee. Um, and these can occur in association with, uh, with other, other injuries like meniscus injuries. All right, the fourth one is a fracture, and a fracture around your knee is a big deal, okay? Uh, almost any fracture needs to be treated, um, sometimes surgically, but uh, they can occur around the patella or the kneecap, the thigh bone, the shin bone, um, but these can be, you know, sometimes with severe injuries, motorcycle accidents, um, high-speed uh, ski injuries, you can, you can actually fracture your knee, or they can occur if the bone is a little weaker. There's something called an insufficiency fracture or a stress fracture. There's lots of different versions of it, um, but these all need to be evaluated and treated in different ways based on their severity. And the final one, final common one, there's a lot, a lot of other things that can happen around your knee, are tendon tears or tendinopathy. So you can get patellar tendinitis, you can actually tear your patellar tendon or your quadriceps tendon. Okay, so I, th I think, you know, this brief sort of introduction into why your knees are, what your knees are, first of all, the anatomy, go review the anatomy if you want, some of the common things that it can occur. But I think what I want to shift a little bit towards is 
trying to understand how to maintain your knees or how to have healthy knees at any stage. So unfortunately, we lose our, our leg strength and flexibility as we age. And this be begins really slowly. I mean, we don't really notice it in our 30s or our 40s, but it accelerates rapidly after age 60. And then it's, it's, it's actually when we're super busy in life, 30s, 40s, early 50s, when we just kind of slack off sometimes. But I think it's massively in your favor if you start to make deposits in what I like to call your vitality bank account by working on your knee strength, flexibility, and endurance. And so our, our knees really function better, really. It's kind of obvious, right? If they're strong, flexible, and, wait for it, connected to our brains. And this is what a lot of physicians, therapists, and other people forget is that the nerve input or the muscles around your knee matter. So we need to do our best to maintain or improve all of these components. Um, and there's one that people often forget or really don't like to do, and we're just going to go over three, and that's hamstring stretching. And our hamstrings are the tendons that are in the back of our leg, okay? So sometimes you can feel tightness in the back of your leg, but, they, but if they're really tight, that can, func that can lead to dysfunction of the knee. So I've, I put up some examples on the Vitality Explorer Substack site of how to do a hamstring stretch. Uh, obviously, check with your doctor before beginning any exercise program. But if you're consistent about stretching your hamstrings, it can improve the, the smoothness of the range of motion of your knee and potentially decrease the risk of having injury. And actually, your overall function of your knee should improve. The second one is what I call quadriceps activation. And this is, again, is an under-recognized component of our knee vitality, okay? And that's the connection of your brain to the nerves around the muscles that control your knee. So I developed something called the quad crunch exercise, where that is just a very simple thing where you put your leg out, you're in a seated position, put your heel on the ground, and you try to push your knee straight and activate your quad muscle. Um, and, and, and that's really very, very simple. That's it. It's not meant to make your knee massive or big, big muscles, but it's trying to connect your brain in a safe space to help reactivate the quadriceps muscle around your knee. Okay. So, uh, again, look at the Substack site. I have videos up online on YouTube. You can see it. The final one is to avoid overloading your knee. And overloading your knee can come in a variety of things. You can run too much, hike, ski, too, too many days in a row. And that can, as we talked about, one of the common things result in an injury. And that can be a stress fracture to your knee. Other things that can overload your knee are things like excessive lunging or squatting, especially if your knee is tight or you are not in reasonable shape to start. A much more common way to overload your knee is to be overweight or obese. And this can lead to chronic overloading of the cartilage, ligaments, tendon, and bone. And it is true that our knees function much better when we are at or near our ideal weight. And many of my patients have reported feeling significantly better after losing even a small amount of weight. And this relates to the biomechanics of your body. And about four times your body weight goes through your knee uh, with each step, especially if you're going up and down stairs. So what does that mean? So if you lost five pounds, your knee would feel as, as though you lost 20 pounds. And losing more weight can, can, can result in dramatic improvements. And this is a quote from a real patient of mine. Quote, I lost 25 pounds. Now I can't remember when my knee hurt. I lost 25 pounds. Now I can't remember when my knee hurt. So I would, I would ex uh, su suggest you consider reviewing this all on the Substack site. Um, this has just been a short primer on how to have healthy knees at any age. It is part of what I call the Vitality Explorer Frame Fitness Series. We're going to do more of this as the year goes on. Um, please uh, also consider becoming a Vitality Explorer subscriber if you find this useful uh, on the site on Substack. We're going to move on now 
to something more important than our knees. Imagine that, something that's actually more important than our knees, and that is our brains. And how can we keep our brains brilliant? All right? This is not a snarky question because, unfortunately, dementia is has become a very common and, unfortunately, rising problem worldwide. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I think we need to learn a little bit more um, from... Uh, one of the brilliant minds of all time, and and then we can we can learn uh, from an article as well. So the article, I'm going to tease you a little bit with the article here. Here's the primary conclusion of the article: motion, that is physical exercise, social interactions, and passion, are key elements for contrasting the loss of gray and white matter in the brain. So that's kind of interesting, right? So motion, social relations or interactions, and passion, that is learning new things, are key elements for the loss of gray and white matter in the brain. (coughs) Excuse me. And we'll come back to that in just a second. (coughs) Excuse me. Okay. Albert Einstein worked on a unifying theory of of everything, actually until his very last minutes. He was um, noted to be scribbling down equations in his, on his, literally, literally on his deathbed um, to help all of us really understand the universe. His body was failing. This is very interesting. His body was failing, but his mind was still razor sharp. And part of the reason I think he maintained his brilliance so well was his passion, his desire to learn new things and to solve um, difficult problems. So, you know, he understood that on a macro scale, on a big scale, the world was relative. He, of course, was the one who discovered that time, space, and gravity were all connected. His theory, his amazing theory, however, broke down at the subatomic level where the strange world of quantum mechanics takes over. And he spent the latter half, the latter 20 or 30 years of his life trying to resolve these two giant theories, and it drove him to feverishly work until his absolute end on his deathbed. So a recently published article, which we described the conclusions of a minute ago, um, helps us understand how we can be like Einstein. And we may never come up with like a world-changing relativity theory or quantum mechanics, but I think we can strive to keep our brains in shape. And here are the three specific suggestions from that paper. Number one is to stay in motion. We've talked a lot about that. Exercise relentlessly. Stay connected. That is with your relations. And stay passionate. Stay in motion. Stay connected. Stay passionate. And they have kind of a cool graphic where increased passion for an area or a theme or a skill leads to increased motion, increased relation, and increased overall well-being. Sounds kind of like vitality, right? So passion, motion, and relationships are all connected to each other. And this is from an article called Motion, Relation, and Passion in Brain, Physiologic, and Cognitive Aging. Okay, check that out. Here's some more specific details that were were found in the paper. Okay, hang on one second here. Got to take a little sip of coffee here. Ah, All right, I'm much better. All right, with regard to motion, significant scientific evidence supports motion as a way to improve brain function. And I'm going to read you some quotes from the paper. Quote, published research has shown that very diverse types of physical training, such as juggling, mindfulness, body training, ballet dancing, and gymnastics training can all affect brain structure in both gray and white matter. Quote number two about motion. Quote, an active lifestyle is helpful for maintaining cognitive and neurologic health for all age groups. Number three, quote, exercise um, more maintaining to maintain a highly functioning brain 
excuse me, exercise helped maintain a highly functioning brain compared to those who were physically inactive. Number five, number five, excuse me, number four, I need a, I, my brain's not functioning very well. Quote, enhanced release of brain-derived neurotrophic factor with physical activity may be one of the key importance to this respect. Now, we've talked about uh, BDNF or brain-derived neurotrophic factor in the past, and it's about 20 minutes of exercise that can help your muscles release this to help your brain get better. So again, you want your knees to be better, you want your brain to be better, exercise relentlessly and stay in motion. All right, so the second component, so again, it's motion, connections, and passion. So the second, social fitness in the form of close connections helps maintain cognitive function. Quote, randomized control trials demonstrate that social relations may enhance cognition. Number two, studies suggest that people with poor relationships have poor cognitive function later in life. Number three, based on the accumulated evidence, it is argued that good social relations are important for cognition and to prevent cognitive decline. And the final one, which is kind of an odd word, but I think it's important to define, and that is passion. So passion is an intense desire or enthusiasm for something or someone. So interestingly, passion is crucial to maintain our brain's brilliance. And here are the quotes about passion from the paper. Quote, an individual's passion towards a certain theme, topic, ability, or activity is important to maintain an active mind. Number two, exercising your mind is important to maintain and establish new neural networks. Number three, the extension and formation of new synapses is the result of an active mind. And number four, (coughs) psychological traits associated with passion, such as grit and growth mindset, have shown to be related to the development of gray matter in various parts of the mindset and have been shown to be related to the development of gray matter in various parts of the brain. So here's the overall analysis and recommendations of this paper. Motion, connection, and passion have significant scientific evidence suggesting they can help maintain our brains and keep us brilliant. It isn't any one of them. It is all of them that are collectively helping maintain or enhance our brain's vitality. So check out the details of that paper, that post on the Vitality Explorer Substack site. Um, Also, you can, again, review the stuff about the knee. And we're going to finish with a somewhat snarky but fun question, and that is, what is your sliced bread? Now, I was kind of stumbling around because I've got, as you might tell, can tell a little bit of a cold here. And I was reading about sliced bread. And I was like, oh my God, what, what is going on with this? Well, you know, you've heard a lot of quotes about this, but humans have been making bread for more than 10,000 years. But about 95 years ago, in 1928, um, Otto Rodewetter, Rowetter, R-O-H-W-E-D-D-R, changed the world by inventing sliced bread. He was about 48 years, years old at that time, and the first bakery, uh, when, when the first bakery adopted his commercial, blood, <laughs> commercial bread slicer. I am uh, <clears throat> a little bit of a mush mouth today here. The average life expectancy at that time, so he's 48, the average life expectancy at that time is about 55.6 years old. So he would have been considered a pretty old inventor. So for those of us who might be past a certain age, we can gain a little bit of inspiration from Otto here. Um, I think you can invent something that can change change the world here. But what happened is, he spent more than a decade trying to perfect, perfect his commercial bread slicer. And during that time, he suffered through a serious life-threatening illness, a fire that destroyed his first prototype slicer, 
and he burned through all of his money in pursuit of his dream. So there's actually a schematic of the patent that he filed in 1932 about his bread slicer uh, on the Vitality Explorer Substack site that you can check out. But his invention, this is kind of interesting, his invention changed how humankind consumes one of its most basic foods. And it became, it became the standard by which all inventions would be measured because of a comment uh, made uh, about TV that was made, on, uh, made by a comedian. And this is, quote, television is the greatest invention since sliced bread. And that was Red Skeleton in, in 1951. So you might have said, oh, this is the best thing since sliced bread. So that, I was taking myself down this line, reading about this. I was like, oh, that's pretty interesting. He did it when he was a little older in life. Um, but my, my, my crazy question that popped into my brain um, at that time was, what is my sliced bread? What could I do to change the world that would still be around in 100 years? What am I so passionate about that I'm willing to suffer through more than a decade of not being successful? And what am I willing to bet everything on to make a difference? So these, of course, are not easy questions to answer. Okay, they're you know strange questions, but I present them for all of us to consider. Um, I think we... We need to be able to answer those questions if we're going to be passionate and disciplined. And as we've learned, having passion helps our brains in, in that discussion about how to keep our brains brilliant, which is the previous post. But I think we can pause for a few minutes. And this is my suggestion. So we pause for a few minutes today and just think about what could be your slice bread. Make a list. Silence the voice of judgment in your head about how difficult it may be or how long it may take you to be successful. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're 22 or 82. We can all dream of making a difference in the world. And here's my thought. I believe that that dreaming keeps us vital. I believe that the dreaming keeps us vital. So Otto's formal schooling was in optics, and he mainly worked operating jewelry stores. Um, and then he sold all those jewelry stores to pivot to make his invention, a, a slice spread a device. And he conducted considerable research into what the optimal thickness of a slice of bread was. And that turned out to be about a half an inch. And I couldn't, I, I scoured the internet. I could not find exactly why Otto was so obsessed with sliced bread. I think the reasons are still obscure. If anybody can help me, please post a comment on this podcast or on the Vitality Explorer Substack site. Um, but you can find Otto's first original bread, bread splicing masterpiece in the Smithsonian Institution in Washington, D.C. So um, again, I don't know, maybe this is just my, my thought, but I thought thinking about sliced bread, thinking about what, we, what can we do to make a difference that would last 100 years or more, I found interesting. Um, thank you for listening today to the Vitality Explorer News podcast. We learned about healthy knees at any age. We learned about how to keep our brains brilliant. And we tried to answer the question of what could our sliced bread be? If you're enjoying this podcast, please leave, leave us a five-star rating on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please share this with your friends, family, and coworkers. And until next time, get out there and dare to be vital.